0: Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack, with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space.
1: This is episode 182, recorded on March 4th, 2021, where John and Jason talked to Microsoft product manager Chris Finlan about recent announcements around the premium per user license, how it came about, and a few other interesting tidbits.
0: G'day, Jace. How are you now? I am pretty grand, John. I am pretty grand. It's a, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a rock star now, and we've uh, we've got company today. Yes, we do, and we're going to jump right to it. I don't think that rock star thing is going to make a difference to our audience. No. Because we're an audio podcast, and probably not many of them saw <laughs> <laughs> me, me on me on the big screen at Ignite yesterday. So, you know, let's dive right into our uh, our special guests because we have... To today, we've got uh, Mr. Chris Finland, and with him hanging out in the background, Padgy Report Bear is here, but he's just here to chill out and hang out because he enjoys our company. That's right, he's been kind of a diva the last couple of days since the announcement of the price. I was gonna say, we haven't seen much of, of Padgy for the last little while.
2: Well, so, so Mr. Matthew has been uh, supposedly open to doing a video, but every time that potentially could happen. He and Pechney and Bear can't agree on the terms and he goes and plays Fortnite. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So kids grow up. (laughs) So I do expect something here in the next week or two. We'll see. But uh, yeah, uh, no, happy to be here. I think $10
0: bills raining from the from the sky would be really, really good. Well, that was, so there was a whole
2: thing we'd try to work out and we couldn't come to an arrangement. So anyway, but yes, <laughs> but it's great to be here with you both. Obviously, I love coming on here.
1: It's nice. This is like a, this is a repeat performance. We've had on a few times already. It's always, always nice. And yep. uh, it's, it's, it's usually newsworthy too, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm not just coming on here just, you know, past time. Oh, yeah, it's no, it's no, always no, fun no, for us. We always enjoy the
0: conversation. Week. But today, we actually get to talk about the thing that we've been dying to talk about for months now. Yeah, yeah no uh, kidding. You know, not just that PPU is here, because we have we have had premium per user in trial for quite a while, been using it since the day it, it became available and loving it. But the thing that got announced this week is the price this amazing price because everybody was expecting it to be higher nobody believed that it could possibly be something that was going to be reasonable as you had promised and sir you delivered
2: so oh well i appreciate that and the comments that i appreciated the most was this is a fair price yes that was the point is that it was meant to be a fair price both for the customer and for microsoft and i you know we could talk a little bit about you both had your role to play in this because as we'll kind of discuss there was that was not the original price that was there there was but what was interesting is so there was a survey you know i'll just kind of dive right there was a survey like 14 months ago or something and it was not a private survey like it was shared out with a bunch of people on linkedin and other things where people could provide feedback on potential pricing options and yes there were pricing models for things we could potentially do and There were only three prices mentioned in said survey, Uh and I figured at some point somebody would raise that. And I only ever saw one comment where somebody remembered that, but they couldn't remember exactly what was tested. And so that that was interesting. But to be fair, the price did not leak, which we were actually very surprised about. And I think that's a credit to a number of people who had awareness of the price in one way or another. It did not leak. People were legitimately very, very surprised yesterday. And that was, I think, our Tuesday, I guess. And that's why it was so gratifying, I think, to see the reaction and just how excited people were because that I truly, truly believe it was a fair price.
1: Not just the price, but you know, a premium per user is something you've been working on for quite a while. I don't know if everybody knows how long you've been pushing for this. I mean, we've needed this ever since we had <laughs> premium because there's a whole segment of the market that just it, premium it, uh, per capacity, at least at the, at the dollar levels uh, that were there, was missing. And this, to my mind, completely fills that. And, and you've been pushing that for that for a long
2: time. Yeah. I, I mean, I went back and I tried to kind of recreate the timeline, I suppose, in, in terms of when we first started talking about a per-user licensing model for premium, and it was like September of 2019. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a long time ago. And that was, I mean, just because we were talking about it doesn't mean we had committed anything towards it. There were a number of different options that were discussed and, you know, Microsoft, not having ever been through this before, Microsoft has a bit of a dark magic in terms of how they go (laughs) and figure these things out. And I won't go into all the gory details here, but there's a lot of different factors that are taken into account as you try and figure out, hey, how should we go to market with this and what are the price points should land? And there's a number of different groups that are interviewed, and there's specific things they look at in terms of you know internal costs and things like that. And first it was: hey, what should we do to fill this gap that we know exists right now? That Arun has alluded to in several different interviews. That you know, P1 was five thousand dollars and up. And you know, everybody knows that, you know, me, as I was called the one-trick pony <laughs> yesterday <laughs> on the happy hour which I can tell you I was thrilled to hear once again. Apache Reports especially was being crippled by this because we weren't in even the lower A SKUs or the EM SKUs. I know nobody knows about the EM (laughs) SKUs, but they do exist. And if you look at the way that on-prem SSRS customers are kind of aligned, like the vast majority of people use SSRS on-prem use standard. They don't use necessarily enterprise in terms of the number of servers. And then if you think about you know the number of users, enterprise is probably larger. But it, you think it's about the small to medium segment of the market, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's specifically those people who use SQL Server and they just get this thing with it. It's a pretty nice product. SSRS, I'm not saying it's perfect, I'm not saying it's terrible. It it's pretty good. And the point is, is that it's a fantastic value considering all the stuff you get with that SQL license. And so I, you know. I knew that this was going to be a huge problem for us. And so we had a lot of internal debates. We had to figure out a way to try and bridge this gap. And a number of options were considered. And what was clear to me is the same thing that I think you see this pattern with Power BI Pro or Power BI Free, or it's a single user that starts out with this, especially in the case with say, Power BI report builder, because there's not necessarily a huge community that is able to pick that thing up and start building it. But once they do, the amount of people they then distribute it to is huge. So you needed to give those folks and those smaller organizations the ability to kind of get started with this. And then because SQL is so ubiquitous across all these different organizations, the reason why it's so popular and widely deployed is because it's the breadth of the deployment. not necessarily the depth. And so while we saw good uptake Patching reports in premium at those price points, it was just a huge segment of the market. We couldn't, and that's all we heard. And so that was the first part. I was like, okay, well, how do we fill this? And so you both were, you know, you were some of the MVPs I worked with to provide feedback. And what was interesting as they looked at some of the results here is that the people who were current Power BI users were the ones who were most passionate about having a per user option. They were the ones that were saying, now I mean you know there was some interest obviously in having smaller premium options as well but really that was the audience was like we really need this per user option for a number of reasons so the decision was made and I think it was a you know by the time we got to that point it was a pretty there was general consensus I mean I you know I don't normally go and pat myself <laughs> on the back but in this one I will I will I will very much say that I did push quite hard for this again because of my customer base that I'm meant to be representing that I, I truly needed this. And there, you know, there wasn't a ton of pushback That's on good. that, I don't believe. So it, you know, that that was the piece. And then the whole piece around price. That was a big discussion. I'll call it a discussion. And I think what is interesting, as I saw, you know, you and I got you when we talked, I guess the last time we had announced premium user. And then, you know, people were guessing online 100 dollars a user a month, $70 a user a month, 80 and what's interesting, you know, at the time, I even said it will not be a hundred dollars a user a month. I actually ruled that out on your podcast because it was so crazy because of the way that the licensing was meant to work. And this is one where I think the community kind of, you know, they didn't see it the way that I would have necessarily expected them to, but for those of you who might remember, there was a version of Power BI called Power BI oh, for I Office. Very, 6, very, very much yes. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you don't hear it talked about very much, but it did exist. No, no. In
1: fact, everybody says it's only five years old. It's not. It's seven. It's seven yes, years yes. old. No,
2: no. And that bothers me because guess what? When I was in the field, I had to yeah, sell mm-hmm. that thing. All right. I would love to sell yep. the thing we have now, but so that came along, and guess what? It wasn't successful. That's why they redid the whole thing. But the big learning from that, and one of the big reasons why you see the price point where it is, is Microsoft customers don't compare the pricing of Microsoft tooling to right. other vendors. Rather, they compare it to other price points of Microsoft products. And the one thing that every customer balked at for the for the original version of Power BI for Office 365 was, you price this higher yep, than mm-hmm. E3. Yep. You price it like they eventually got a promo price which was the same. And then they said, I'm not getting nearly the value I get in E3. And you want me to pay the same price? And so that was a big learning. And there was, you know, a whole study done about like, hey, why are customers not adopting and things like this? And that's what like, guess what? That hasn't really changed. So when you think about the price point, and you know, take a step back. One of the pieces of feedback that I may have gotten from people on this <laughs> call. Was you will have challenges if you price it more than Pro because people will right. compare it against that. You'll also have challenges if the total price is more than E yep. three. There's a number of people, different people, who provided feedback, and the field feedback was very was very significant on this point. They emphasized this repeatedly because I, I made sure one of the things I didn't I, you know, I think you've heard me say this. In no way, shape, or form is this meant to cannibalize or undercut the value proposition of capacity. It's specifically designed and priced in a way, with all this feedback from these different groups, to fill the niche that capacity is not. I would still never tell somebody, yeah, you know, dump your capacity right on PPU. That's not what it's meant to do. Like, if companies want to go do that, that's fine. If they're just like, hey, it's more convenient for us, you'll pay more, which of course we'll take. But it's really something where that was there was a lot of thoughtful conversations and decisions made to ensure that we did this and rolled this out in a way that would not do in anything to hurt the very successful power BI business. On
1: the basis of price. I, I'll throw that out there. There might there might be a technical consideration or, or whatever, and, sure. but, but sorry, jace I, I'll just finish the thought. But in fact,
0: I think you're, what we're seeing is people wanting both. I want to bring us back around for just a minute because we're, we're more than 10 minutes in here <laughs> and we have yet to actually mention what the price is. We've talked about the fact <laughs> it's that it's true. great. We've talked about all the stuff. But you know what? It is something that you know we need that mic drop moment of what is the price, which we're going to do right after the, this word from our sponsors. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the get started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. I've always wanted to do that. That has always been. you know, We're, 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 we're at episode wow. 182 now. We've always, I've always wanted to you have that thing that you have yeah. to listen to the teaser you, right after this. These messages. Yeah, you know, sorry to our audience, but that was well. uh, that was fun for me. So <laughs> the, the price point of PPU did get announced, and you know, Chris, I think it's worth talking to because. Yep. There were a bunch of tweets about this, and you guys, you know, we saw in we always get uh, the the preview from an MVP perspective. And one of the pieces of feedback that we got to give just a couple of days before was please make sure that the uplift price from Pro is highlighted as well, because the price point is twenty dollars per user per month for premium per user, but that is inclusive yes. of a Power BI Pro license, right? Yep. So yes, you know there is another price that is if you already have a Power BI Pro license or if you're on E5 that it's only ten dollars per user per month. That is correct. I think that's really important to highlight. Which means that if you if you get the
1: Pro and then you uplift it, you're only paying nineteen ninety nine versus twenty.
2: <laughs> yes, that that is true. That's twelve cents a uh, year. My argument. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, my argument is that you then have to yes, manage. Yes, and that's silly. So the amount of time you have to manage both probably more than outweighs that. But, I mean, the major reason for the add-on is specifically E5. There is no way to break that pro piece out. And we got clear feedback. Like We noticed when we went to the preview in November, we did not have an option for an add-on because that was still being discussed internally. And the the reason there effectively was it was really good. Like E5 customers would effectively be boxed out. From this, or they'd be forced to pay twice, and we get a lot of you know we get people already complaining, like why would I have to pay twice for the pro pieces? And so it was the decision was made to yes have the add-on. And my belief, and again, this was based on, you know, th- by the way, I was not right with every single decision throughout this process. Like we're, I'm we're highlighting. We're going to just talk about the ones were, right the ones it just, were though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, again, this that's is right. my interview, so I can carve this <laughs> up how I want. But based on the feedback, and I was like. I assume, now I could be wrong. I assume that for the first several months of this in market, the vast majority of people who are buying this are existing Power BI users. I don't expect necessarily that the huge influx up front will be net new users who are buying a sure standalone right. license. I expect that it'll be I if you if you had to, you know, tell me to guess, I'd guess it's more than ninety percent are existing Pro or E5 users mm-hmm. and they buy the add-on. And so that's why I was so emphatic that hey, we really should Talk about this add-on because a it's a lower price, and b it you know it's that's the group of course that's online that's going to react and provide that feedback and you know truly give you a thumbs up or thumbs down based on based on what we're announcing. I do you know we talked about this. I do think that by delaying it, people got into their minds that somehow we were really setting them up, and so the reaction reflected that how, just how excited they were about it. But I did. T- Emphatically up front, that I will stand by this price point. If somebody thinks it's too high or isn't fair, like I will be more than happy to have that conversation. And I understand why people are like, sure, you know, that's Microsoft saying that. But that, you know, because I fought so hard and I, you know, brought all this evidence together and we showed that, hey, if we land it here, it'll be really successful. That's why it was very gratifying.
0: One of my favorite tweets that happened was on you know, Arun made you know tweeted something and then I, I ended up tweeting something back and somebody mm-hmm. commented on Arun said I knew he wasn't gonna have time to respond. So I responded with no, it's a there was a question about like pro versus et cetera. And the guy wrote back and said, Wow. That's a great price, but that makes it feel like pro is too is too expensive.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, you can't win is wow. losing at this point. But Wow. I saw some stuff about that where some people are like, everybody's gonna love this price except for people who already think pro is too expensive. I was well, like, I, sure. Like, that's,
1: that's probably true. You're never going to please everybody, but I take it that the response was overwhelmingly positive.
2: Yeah. I'm sitting here, like I said, I was I was just highlighting the decisions that, you know, make me look the best. I can tell you if I had had a magic wand at the beginning of all this, I just would have raised the price of oh, Pro. Wow. Added stuff into that. And that's just me. Like, I'm telling like that was not everybody's opinion, any stretch of the imagination. And the investigations and research we did, that would have been a very bad decision. But that was, like, my... Thought process going into it is that's what I wanted to see because I personally think you know we haven't raised the price of Pro and God knows how long like Netflix has raised their price how many times since then
0: I think it's been the same since it was
2: released isn't it the Power BI yeah the new the well, since the release BI, of yes. Power BI yes. the next generation the five year old the one with yeah, the five year old version the, you know, right? the one with war <laughs> <Yes. you know. laughs> no in all seriousness like that would have been the way I would have looked at it and you know that was from a very narrow, selfish <laughs> lessons, but it was like, that's why you yeah. go through that process and you get all the different voices and the opinions. And that's part of the job of being a PM is, you know, challenge your assumptions. Don't assume you always have the right answer and, you know, wherever the evidence takes you, just kind of follow it. I think that's good advice for anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, <laughs> but there's, I mean, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, we could have very easily said, you know what, we're going to price this higher. And then if people complain, we'll bring it down i really really did not want to do that i really wanted to go and land the price that i felt fair felt was fair and would have this type of reaction and get momentum right out of the. Gate. i
0: think the price point is fantastic yeah, I do too. personally because of the fact that we didn't have the price point at the beginning and even though yes we had been involved in some conversations and had some early knowledge with my team at work the the value proposition that we had to go and do and measure and be able to have a conversation about was what is this worth? And I, I talked about on the show before of this gives us the opportunity to see what the value of this really is. And for me, with the price point, you guys over-delivered. It's really fantastic. This is really a very, to your point, it's very fair and, you know, it's a lot of value for the for this price. And it's going to make it a lot easier for a lot of businesses in this small and medium sized space, not in the enterprise space that I'm in, but in the small and medium space to truly be able to capitalize on this and do so much with it. So kudos, man. It was really, really good. Oh,
2: well, It was very great. Thank you for that. And you both played, you know, you both were very helpful in providing feedback. And again, you just gave me honest feedback. You didn't steer, like I didn't try to steer, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't try to steer you in a direction one way or another, I just asked for your feedback on certain things and you would provide it. And there's like, okay, it's kind of what I expected, but this is good to have this additional evidence. And I talked to some other MVPs, you know, I try to go and you know, there's a number of folks that I try to make sure I talk to when we have these types of business decisions, because I assume that they have a better perspective on some of these things than I will. So I do truly appreciate your part in this. And again, we'll see, you know, the excitement has to translate into adoption and revenue and all of those good things. So it certainly seems very promising. A lot of people who suddenly hadn't spent any time looking at it were very interested. I mean, one of the things that you know, I had a session at Ignite, I guess it was yesterday, where I talked about you know table creation and some of the things. It was a backdoor session around paginated reports. So I asked, how many people have used paginated reports in Power BI mm-hmm. to date? And out of like 26 people in the call, yeah. I think it was eight. And then I said, okay, with the premium per user announcement, how many people are now going to try paginated reports? It jumped to 22. So there you have it. Right there, yeah, one of the things that was interesting is a lot of SSR SMVPs, people who I knew were deeply involved in the product, would ask me things like, "Hey, does X feature exist in pedging reports in power bi?" and you would I would assume that they you know would just know this, but the thing is is that it's in premium, yep. out of sight out of mind. Like I don't even think about it. you know, it's out of my price point, it's out of my customer's price point. And I talked to Salman on Twitter yesterday, you both all mentioned his name off air to you both, but he is a very, very animated gentleman. And he and I have <laughs> had many, many clashes in the past. I like him quite a bit. He called me and he's like, Chris, you have no idea what you have unlocked here. He's like, this changes every customer conversation that I have going forward in that now premium is the thing that they will go to. And you know, you're talking about, I have these conversations with 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 users. And just the P1 was like, well, you know, that's off the table. But now, like it completely transforms every conversation we have about Power BI. And that was the point, is that it was more about opening the door and showing the possibilities. And then I still, you know, one of the things I talked a lot about with the field is, this is kind of viral premium. Like they see it as, I don't have to go sell to get this adopted in organizations this will sprout and then they'll need a capacity at some point which is true like I would expect that that to be the normal motion 100% I totally agree with that I've had
0: conversations with the IT division of this customer but I was talking with the business users and I mentioned the fact that PPU price had gotten announced and that on April 2nd it was going to be in production and that if their IT lights it up like all of this that you know the performance improvement because we were talking about speed of the reporting stuff that we were doing and the fact that Premium was really going to improve this, but it's a tax department that is five people, right? And so to go in, when we first started talking with them, the idea of lighting up an A4 in order to be able to do paginated reports and all the other things was not realistic for the small number of people. This, you know, the conversation we were having was around the performance. Oh, and by the way, this also lights up that other scenario with the ability to export the data and be able to do all of these other things downstream. And eyes lit up like that unlocks all of that. And it was the, yes. we get all of that kind of moment that was so cool to be able to tell people about and to tell them the price point. And because I had told them in in the past, it's like, this is something that I would pull out my personal credit card and put on there. Well, that's what I believe the price point's going to be at is that I'd be willing to do that. And And so they, they were believing. And now- that truly is. So, just to underscore
1: that, and you mentioned about it going viral, it's a lot easier for it to go viral when someone can just take out their credit card and pay for it, which is not something you can do when you're buying a capacity. It's actually an onerous process to purchase a capacity through the office store, etc. This is just simple one off as you need it.
2: Well, and, and on that point, like you and I have talked in the past about you know, the A SKUs yep. versus the P and the EMs the ease of purchasing the A yeah. Well, this is also where the Gen 2 infrastructure. <laughs> It's not just for PPU. Right. We saw, so when the A1 SKUs, they went out and I actually, you know, they're like, hey, Chris, can you help us? We want to go out with this. They were, I mean, one of the reasons why they they got that out as when they did and didn't necessarily want to wait is there was huge demand for patching reports on A1s, A1s and A2s. And we've already seen a huge uptick in terms of usage and capacities and things that are using this with that announcement that going out. Like it wasn't just the premium per user piece. And I want to emphasize to people like Gen 2 the infrastructure there unlocked all these different things, you know, as I speaking just for my workloads, like the beginning, one year ago yesterday, we were sent home from three weeks from Microsoft because of this pandemic. And surely we'd be back in the office like, oh man, three weeks, that's a long time. In that year, the number of SKUs we've been made available on, we've added like it's gone from six to 14. We're now available on all the A SKUs, all the EM SKUs, and premium per user. And then we also have all these Azure VMs that we went and put images out there around SSRS for 2016, 2017, 2019, and PBR. Like the change that customers hopefully have seen in the last year about how the reporting services and those use cases, all those things are now completely unlocked for them in the Microsoft Cloud in a number of different ways. Like I give a lot of kudos to the engineering team. I mean, think about having to do all that in the last year under the conditions that we've been working through. Now, again, Microsoft has some infrastructure in place to make that more advantageous or easier, but boy, that is, like, my hat's off to the engineers that I work with day in, day out. That's just remarkable. They got all that done in a way that, you know, I'm very, very proud of.
0: I really hope that they, you know, see all of this good buzz Out there in in the ecosystem and feel phenomenal because we're pretty is this is really great. So I'll join you in saying kudos to that team. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's like I really I can't say enough about the work they've done because you know yes I had to deal with all the the business stuff and the meetings around that and I you know that's not necessarily my favorite thing to go and have those meetings. But it's you know you know they're dealing with the hey we've got to get this infrastructure in place, and answer all these questions, and deal with the UI challenges and you know how the trials work and all of Craziness and, you know, my hat's off to them. It's really, really remarkable.
1: And in my opinion, Gen 2 uh, premium per user, um, biggest news of, of 2020 easily in the Power BI space, I, I think. Yeah.
2: Oh, one of the things I will say I appreciate like, The premium per user to me was always the much easier thing to go and solve. Like, it, you know, it's very simple. Like the billing yeah. is what it is. It's the stuff with Gen 2 and all the, because of the new infrastructure and making sure that that billing works properly and how throttling works. Like that's the thing that David and, and uh, the engineers are working on. And you know, there was the announcements of Ignite this week around the autoscale capabilities and some of the new reporting options that are available. So I'm more than happy to have worked on my piece of it, which <laughs> which I was like, yeah, this is much easier for me and for to explain to customers and things like that. And it helps me meet the needs. And there's another great team that's working on this other stuff. So we obviously aligned very closely, but I was very happy at how this was, turned out.
1: You mentioned the engineers and how hard they've been working. And, well, this is available now. I, I'm sure they're not just sitting
2: around doing nothing these days. What, what's up? What's coming? no. <laughs> Well, I think one thing. So we'll circle back to me. You know, since Jason thinks the one for Tony. <laughs> to be fair, I was not the one who said that. <laughs> you no, you did not. You did not say that. That is fair. It, was fair. it was Sax. It was Saxton. It was Saxton. <laughs> it was Saxton. It's just you were in the square next to him, and therefore yeah. yes, you I was guilty by progress. association. I, I got At fair in. Yes, that is absolutely true. No, so the, the paginated reports, I mean, the big thing that everybody is waiting for is this yes. new visual. Yes. And so the paginated report visual that will live in Power BI Desktop and allow you to surface your paginated reports that you publish to the Power BI service. I haven't really talked to you guys about this in this forum. And this is something that has existed in one form or another internally for like three and a half years. Like we did like, an engineer on the team named Matt. He's a manager now on the team and he's phenomenal. He put this so together for Hackathon, and that. I was yeah, like, this yeah. is amazing. This was before, this was before we had page Reports and Service. He did it with SSRS and Power BI. And I was like, this is fantastic. It's so cool. Customers will love this. And it just sat on a shelf. <laughs> it sat on the shelf and, you know, every once in a while I would show it to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, that's neat. But the biggest thing was, you know, there's always other things we have to go do, but even if we went and did this, it wouldn't have solved for the biggest obstacle of all, right? Of the price. Yeah. Yep. The timing is now perfect for this because you have a per user option where effectively anybody can go do it in desktop and you can get a premium per user trial and you can do all of these things in a way that even with the SKUs, you would have had some more hurdles there like it's not nearly as seamless as it is now and one user can go do this and so the reaction to this i you know part of me is kicking myself because the reaction to this has been so off the charts it's kind of like hey dummy why didn't you do this before but in all seriousness like it's the right time we have the we have the You know, big hurdle out of the way. People are very excited about it. We're hard at work on it. The team, you know, I just was having a big exchange about it last night. We're working hand in glove with the desktop team. You know, Will Thompson and I are talking. And Will has been, he's super supportive of this. Kim's super supportive of this. I mean, everybody's very, very excited because, and Chris Wagner, I give him credit because he came up to me in a cab and like He's like, what are you doing? This? I need this thing. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I didn't even realize it was Chris <laughs> Wagner at the time. Like, he reminded me of this. reminded me of this much later. I was like, oh, that was you. And he's like, "You're. this is the first time you're marrying interactive yeah. and operational reports. Any vendor yes. is marrying those two things. And having that in a single canvas and what it unlocks, I liked it because it was cool and you could do some neat things, but it really does change how people will view this it won't necessarily be seen as this separate thing that yes again we're seeing a lot of great adoption recently with the pricing being i I think uh, significantly reduced and making more widely available but this is the thing like now every author will see this visual and think about the things that they can go do like oh i want to export millions of rows guess what I can add this and just have a table and do cross uh, the parameters. You'll be able to link the parameters to your filters and visuals, and you change that, your parameters will change, your updated a pageant and report. That's the Two thing words. that makes this magic. Print view.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do want to highlight that uh, Chris Wagner did have you as data god of the week this week, I believe. So you he know. did.
2: He did. He's a blatant <laughs> sucker sometimes. So uh, like I'll take it. Like I'll absolutely take it, but I, you know, I, I do appreciate that. And Chris is, been, you know, he's a great advocate for the team and I've had some great conversations with him. You know, he was very excited about this price point, but I, you know, he, you know, to be fair, it was his LinkedIn post that the reaction to that thing, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen, like, I didn't even get a reaction to this, the premium per user, some of the other stuff. Like people just went crazy for this on LinkedIn. Like it got 500 some wow. likes, like the amount of views. Like He was still getting views on that thing wow. three months later. Like it was nuts. Like I was just blown away. And again, as a program manager runs a product area, you should really be attuned to the excitement that this would drive for people. So uh, it was great to see. It was great to see, but at the same time, I'm like, how did I miss this? Cool.
1: This episode of the Bifocal podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. The other thing you mentioned recently is you're working on some web authoring stuff, some goo. Some, some stuff. I, I, yes. I guess with the goal to make uh, the design process for pageant reports a little bit simpler. That would be wonderful.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so I think there's two specific audiences. You have the two audiences that we, you know, trying to serve both. You have the the Paul Turleys and the folks of the world who have been using SSRS for many, many years, and they, are, they want the pro tooling story and they have specific needs that they want, and that are perfectly valid needs that we absolutely want to go do. And then you have this very large group of individuals in Power BI who are using desktop, who have never yeah, touched SSRS. Off, yeah. Or if they have, it's a long time ago. And they're trying to solve specific business challenges. And we see some of those challenges. We had the session yesterday, where as we think about this incremental work, You know, one of the things we're starting with, and if you watch the pageant reports of the day, the the course, the online course that we did, one of the changes that Peter Myers made after seeing, you know, we did some uh, test runs was, hey, uh, I've been telling him start with the table wizard. Do the table first and then work around that to show how you can get started very easily and just do a table and then build around that to make, to show all the goodness. And he originally resisted and then he's like, no, you're right. this This makes sense. And the way that he kind of pulled it all together, was phenomenal. I mean, Peter, I absolutely loved Peter. So it really worked out well and the feedback there has been great. So what we were talking about is, hey, what do people often raise as a challenge in Power BI? They can't export large amounts of data. They can't have their formatted table look the same as it does in Excel when they actually export it out. Guess what and reports can do? Mm -hmm. Both of those things. And so as we look at this and you think about combining that with the visual where we're looking at starting or what experience we're looking at lighting up is, how can people create simple tables in the web against the different data sets or from the visuals they have in their report to kind of step through a period, series of things and then immediately export it out or have it so they can use it in another report or set up a subscription to it. Uh, these are all the things we kind of talked about in the call yesterday, got some great feedback. I think those challenges will still be there. I mean, the Excel news yesterday was phenomenal, but people are still gonna wanna export data. They're still gonna want export formatted data. And uh, that's something, we can solve.
0: So the, the Excel news that you're talking about was Lukasz yes. demoing the Live Connect Excel data to a Power BI model, which does not yes. allow you yes. to edit that data, but it does let you no. view that data, just like you were connecting to a to yeah. a model. It's read
2: only, right? Yep, it's read only. And I, no, I've used it internally. It's great, and I, you know, I love Excel. It's a great way to go and expand the uh, expand the options that are available for people. Completes the story. You know, now you have all the different report types in the service that you can go and use. And, you know, I think it's great news, but I think it's something that will be a complement or supplement to the stuff that we are going to be enabling with pagina reports in the Power BI service. So I'm uh, very excited. And yeah, that's kind of where we're looking to start, But. I think you'll see over time this full blown web experience is something that we're very, very focused on for authoring as we move forward. Can't wait for that.
0: No kidding. I do want to highlight so for those people who are just getting started, like you said, with paginated reports, Paul Turley just published that he's got an ebook that he's doing off of his website. We'll throw it into the show notes. Yes. Yes, Looks yes fantastic. Yes. Paul is so smart around this yes. stuff. I tweeted it out yesterday. If you're just getting started and you're not reading Paul's stuff, you are doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Please go It's it's
2: a fantastic resource. 1000%. 1000%. Paul is so great. I mean, there's so many great, that's one of the great things about this job, is you get to work with so many great people. Like, I've been talking to Paul about doing that for a long time. It's like his timing, by the way, you notice his timing (laughs) is impeccable. Like, like, well played, uh, sir. Like, very well done. Like, that's exactly the time.
0: Because, man, that that is so huge. All right, John, I know that we need to wrap this up. Chris, as always, thank yep. you so much. This has been fantastic. Absolutely. And, uh, oh, my pleasure. We will look forward to having you back on the show again uh, in the future. Hopefully, we get to do it in person. At some point soon. Yeah, yes. That would be wonderful. But in the meantime, sir, stay healthy, stay safe. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is indie rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.